Hey everyone, Adam from Trudy Life again. We are in our You Got a Friend in Me series and we have Randy Cox here again. Good to have you. Good Randy, to be here. Yeah, yeah. Randy is a uh, father to a couple boys as well as a now son-in-law as well. Been married one of your daughters for how many years ago? He did. Oh, 2007. Gosh, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, this is ancient Decade. history. More. <laughs> And, uh, and so we're going to spend some time together. You've deposited into our community uh, about a month ago, and it was just really beautiful. really appreciated you doing that. And uh, now you're back to deposit into our community again. One more it's, time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we can handle it. You know? um, and today's topic is we're really going to dig in on the dynamic between a father and a son um, and start practically with you as a biological father, like we said, stepfather. And then it really, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to you unpacking. Father-in-law. Father-in-law, sorry, yeah. yes. Uh, unpacking the, the theological dynamics of that, the spiritual uh, dimensions of that for us. And, uh, and it should be really good. So um, as you have grown in your own fathering to your own sons and now son-in-law, um, what, uh, what has been some of your greatest joys in seeing those relationships? Uh, grow and develop and change and over the years? Well, I've watched uh, for several years now, which is, I can look back. I'm at the place in life where I can look back <laughs> a long way. <laughs> and, <Sure. laughs> and look at my natural sons and the joy of watching them come into who they are, mm. who God's created them to be different than me. Mm. I didn't want them to be like me. I wanted them to be who they were mm. because God designed and created each one of us to be very unique, not independent of him, but very unique in our own way mm -hmm. or independent of me in a sense. I mean, we're always connected. What has been so uh, amazing and so exciting is is watching them grow and my son-in-law and how they've grown over the last number of years. Yeah. And because, you know, when you're, when you're raising kids, you think, man, I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> that can weigh I, heavy, right? I, yeah. I mean, I blew it so many times. Yeah. You're counting the cost of that future therapy bill. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even though, you know, even though you blow it, I mean, you go back and you ask forgiveness and say, you're sorry, you blew it. And, and so on. But even though you've blown it, you watch them, how they're taking the next step. They're growing. I've told you about my father mm -hmm. who was raised in a very abusive alcoholic home, mm -hmm. left at 15 years of age. Mm -hmm. You did or he had? He did, he yeah, had my, my, my dad yeah. left at 15 because it got, it got too, uh, too violent mm -hmm. for him to be there. Right. So he left and at 18, he came into relationship with Jesus. That relationship changed generations. Mm. My father passed away in, in January, 2018. And I stood there as I was sharing at his, at his service. And I looked across the front, the front pews. And I thought, wow, one decision. He just changed generations to follow Jesus. Hmm. One decision. And 
then I have the opportunity to be, to stand on his ceiling. He is the floor, or he is the ceiling to my floor. Mm. So I get, I get to look over what he's done. And that's what my sons, son-in-law and spiritual that's what they get to do. They get to look further than I can see because they can get on my shoulders mm. and see further. Yeah. And, and I've watched just the ability and the giftedness and the wisdom and what they carry. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Yeah. And especially as they, as they continue to mature and come like they're, most of them are probably in their thirties um, or, you know, maybe a little bit past that. I don't know how old James is. <laughs> no, he'll 40 this coming year. All right. Um, as they're so, coming to a more mature place in life and mm-hmm. where you can really see more of a trajectory of who they're becoming. That, mm-hmm. That's got to be really cool. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like it because, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be raising children and maybe they'll mess up. Yeah. Right. When they're teenagers or whatever. And you think, oh, now, man, am I blowing this or what? Mm-hmm. But you know that you've invested in them. All, all of your good and your bad. Right. And, and you've invested and they get, they get to sort that out <laughs> as they grow. Yeah. But you've invested in them. Yeah. And you know that because, you know, my heart was never to hurt my sons. My heart was never to do any of that. Yet it happened. But I believe because my heart wasn't to hurt them, they're going to be okay. And I mean, my, my oldest son, Tyler, he walked away from the church at 15 years of age mm. because of what happened. Right. Some, tell me that. Like, oh, there's got to be tons of hardships there. Oh, unpack. What are some of the hardships? Tell me more about this story. Maybe. Well, well we had planted in 1996. Yeah. Man, it was going well. It was going well from 96, 97, 98, 99. But in 2000, something wasn't quite right. And he had a number of, of the guys were his age. And so it was uh, what year or what month was it? I think it was, it was April. And this is, a, this is a really cool story. You ready for this story? Yeah. I'm nervous. So, <laughs> in, yeah. in, in April yeah. of 19, uh, or sorry, of 2000, I was preparing for a message that I was going to speak that Sunday. And it was on one of my favorite scriptures. And it's, it's the one that is being read. And it is Malachi 4, mm. 5 and 6. Yeah. See, I will send the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Mm. We have a curse in our land today, Mm. a fatherlessness, a brokenness. And so I'm ready to preach this. And I get this knock at the door. And this prophetic guy looked at me Mm. and he said, pray over every word because this is going to be the most important message you've ever preached in your life. Wow. And here I am on speaking on this. And I got nervous then. I thought, yeah, oh, no. no. I mean, how often does someone have a prophet <laughs> walk up to their door? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, so I, I preached it and 40 people walked out. Oof. 40 people left. Wow. The church. And, but little did I know that that was all designed 
Well, it, it, it was not God that did it. God allowed that to happen so we could get to our destiny. Hmm. And, and out of that, fathers and sons and sons to the fathers came this incredible move of God with our young adults in 2004 to 2010. Hmm. An explosion that happened from three of them. And I, I spoke to you the last time we talked about Peter, James, and John, not the biblical Peter, James, and John, <laughs> but who's now my, the James is now my, my son-in-law. Yeah. The Peter is, is James' brother. Yeah. And Johnny, he's still there. Yeah. He's a farmer and uh, everything. So they're all still there. And it began. And God exploded all that. And then in 2007, as I was speaking to you before, when my, my spiritual father came into my life and began to talk to us about what was happening, I remembered preaching this message. Hmm. And God opened my eyes to say, wow, fathers and sons and sons to the fathers turning toward one another hmm. to bring healing to the land. Hmm. And that is my passion. Right. If I could go and do that all over the world, talk about that, I would talk about it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, one of your sons uh, turned away from the church for a while. Did Can you finish that story? Yeah, sure. Is that a part of this kind of renewal in that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so he was in university getting a sociology degree in Toronto at uh, York University. Yeah. And... One day, for some reason, and I don't know why, he had some Jason Upton worship. Hmm. And he put it on, and he describes it. He said, I wept my way back to Jesus. Wow. I wept my way back to Jesus. Here he is in a city of the largest city in Canada, and he's lonely and he's hurting. Hmm. And he wept his way back to Jesus. And when he came home, we didn't, just, we didn't recognize him. Wow. We did not recognize who he was because there had been so much dramatic change in his life hmm. and he came back in and he began to work with our uh, the young adults and walk with many of them so it was just phenomenal what god did and and it, he was hurt yeah you know we're all hurt we all get hurt and it's only god that's going to restore us it's like we're hurt in relationship and we're healed in relationship hmm. Come on. And that's that's the only if we walk away, if we isolate, we die. Wow. If yeah. we stay in relationship, even though it hurts, we will eventually get healed in right relationship. Yeah. Not abusive relationship, but right relationship. Right. Right. Um, I can imagine for for our people hearing that story, they're all like, well, not all, um, but certainly resonates with me being a city kid, urban, Toronto. Uh, weak relationship with my parents for many years. Um, I can imagine many of our people listening, uh, and we're increasingly becoming a community of, of uh, people who don't have Christianity in their background, or maybe it is there, but it's a long forgotten uh, story there. How, how would someone like that take this story of um, like the good parts of the, the father-son relationships that you're experiencing, and if they're like, if they're trying to relate that to themselves, be like, why, like, why don't I have that? Or why can't I get that? Um, what's someone like that supposed to do here in this story here? Mm -hmm. So we all grow up with father wounds. Yeah. We all, there's a really good book. I think I, I've told you about it. It's called Father Fiction by Donald Miller. Mm. Very good book. 
but we all grow have we all have father wounds that have hurt us and what we do as we grow we begin to relate father god to our natural father so if our natural father was emotionally distant well that's like the father in heaven he's emotionally distant if our father was absent we project that yeah we project yeah. that onto yeah. under our heavenly father yeah if if our father was withholding then we project that on well why ask he's not going to answer me yeah. he says no to me all the time right we don't go where if we have a very generous father a generous father that we have in this life as we're growing through life we don't have these fears of financial uh destruction <laughs> we are not afraid to ask mm. because we know the father is there to give it to us mm. um there are neglectful fathers that in turn we look at our heavenly father he's just not really there he's yeah. very very distant and not really connected in our lives yeah when you say neglectful i think someone who forgot to put up the guardrails someone who wasn't guiding steering the ship someone who wasn't helping form mold it just it kind of anything goes yeah. you know what i mean just yeah. like that nah. yeah, yeah. So. weren't present they right. weren't present right. for their children growing up they might have been there but they weren't there right and i think what we don't understand is that's very impactful mm. in our lives that can bring an incredible amount of destruction because when we're young i don't want to get in this whole conscious subconscious thing sure. with our mind sure, yeah. but but when we're young it goes into our subconscious without us realizing it and that becomes a pattern in our lives and then when we're older we start acting out consciously what is in our subconscious and then it begins to guide our lives mm-hmm. So we hear these things from our dad. Maybe maybe somebody had a dad that was a very abusive. Right. And we're trying to now come into a relationship with our heavenly father, but we're afraid. Yeah. We're afraid of that relationship because of the brokenness and hurt that we found in our lives. Yeah. But I think what we we have to somehow get an understanding that our heavenly father loves us incredibly and is not like our earthly father mhm not whatsoever right and unless we have a a, a healthy earthly father sure sure embodying those father yeah. god um and just embodying that spirit right mm-hmm. yeah like let's let's look at <clears throat> at Matthew teaches pastor <laughs> <laughs> yeah Matthew uh chapter 3 where Jesus was being baptized yeah verse 17 mm-hmm. and a voice from heaven that that was obviously the father yeah he said this is my son whom i love and with him i am well pleased this is my son that's affirmation that's identity yeah you are my son whom i love that's affection mm. affection isn't just physical it's emotional affection to allow your kids to know that you love them you care about them mm-hmm. and then so so this is my son uh my son affirmation whom i love affection and i'm well pleased approval mm. right there the father is giving us as fathers the father is giving us just this recipe 
a victory for our children. Yeah. And if we can come into a place as adults where we allow the Father to speak those words over us because he wants to, we say, well, I'm, I'm too bad. Yeah. I've done too many bad things. I don't even understand the Father. Yeah. Why don't we take some time and say, Father, what is it you think about me? Mm. What do you think about me? And, and like we were talking the last time we were together, don't go to your negative soulish realm. Right. Go to the spirit. Yeah. What are you saying about me? The word, and I, the I, word that cuts into yeah. the deeper place. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And yeah. I'll guarantee you what you're going to hear is this. You're my son mm. or you're my daughter whom I love and I approve of you. Yeah. That's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear, wow, you're incredible. Why? Well, what happened at the very beginning? He created us. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? First, he created all the other stuff and he said, it's good. But when he got to you and I, yeah. he said, very, very good. good. <laughs> so what's he going to do when we ask him, you know, what do you think about me? Well, it's not good. He's not going to do that. Wow. Because he doesn't see us that way. Yeah, I think for, uh, like it is, I thought it was just a cliche when people were like, oh, I can't go to church like the roof would cave in. But when I started engaging our neighborhood uh, and engaging with my friends, like that is how people think Mm. about engaging in a spiritual community, right? Like I cannot be there. I don't belong there. Mm -hmm. That's not for me. If I was there, literally the divine powers that would be would cave in the whole building because (laughs) I'm so... That is so not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is the complete opposite. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Because it is. And it doesn't matter if it's your neighbor who's never been in the church in his life, has no relationship with God. He'll hear, still hear the father say, I love you. Yeah. I even I think about just where we've been Trinity Life over the past few years. And, uh, um, and one of the like one of the things that we have been missing in so many cases is these three things you just said, affirmation, affection, and approval. approval. Um, And hopefully we can integrate this into our culture and into how we disciple, how we form relationships and attachments with each other, Mm -hmm. that they would be built on um, these, these three things Mm -hmm. for sure. And it's like, if we take on as our identity in Christ, like, that we realize that when God looks at us, he speaks with the same, uh, this is what Jesus accomplishes for us on the cross. This mm-hmm. same thing, it's ours, right? That's, right? that's our identity that he then gives to us. Yeah, And that's amazing. So and then we get to do that for each other. That's right. And for a believer, somebody who's received and decided to follow Jesus, he has to, the father has to look through the cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so looking through the cross, he sees us blameless. Yeah. He sees us full of hope. And and like we talked the last time, we're hope givers Mm. and we can be healed. Yeah. Uh, Jesus went to the cross, the father. Wow. Uh, At one point he turned, he couldn't look anymore Mm. at what was happening to his son. Wow. But he had so much passion for his son Mm. and he looked away. That, that had to be so painful. Right. And he understands. And think about, think about this. Think about the prodigal son. 
who leaves is really the prodigal father. Ooh, talk to me about that. Well, the word prodigal is, is really this uh, incredible passion. Like the word, I can't really think of it now. My brain's not clicking on that. But, <laughs> yeah. but really the father is waiting, yeah. waiting for his son to mm. return. So there must have been an anticipation that he was going to return. Right. He was waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. Henry Nouwen has an incredible book called On the Prodigal Son. That's absolutely, it, it, it'll blow your mind yeah. what he says. But I think about our world, so many broken, broken families, so much brokenness. And the father is just waiting for us to come home. He's waiting. In fact, he's running toward us. We just have to take the first step. And he's there. That's yeah. how much he loves us. That's, so, that's crazy. Like, think, I, can't, I can't even think about hardly that. It just blows me away. It, it humbles me. It, it, it it's almost scares me in a, in a good way. Yeah. And, and it, it breaks me to think somebody can love me that much. Mm-hmm. The Father does. Yeah. The Father does. Yeah. Talk more about uh, standing on the shoulders and the the dynamic there and why fathers should do that and then even sons what's what's the posture of a son um if if they find themselves uh in a relationship with somebody who's allowing them to stand on their shoulders like what what's the temperament of a son what's the the reason for a father to want to to do that yeah well so every father is a son first Mm. so i'm a son and so my spiritual father will allow me to stand on his shoulders because he wants to push me up. And that's the temperament of every father. Hmm. And every son is grateful and honoring toward the father. Because as a, as a, a true spiritual father, as a father in the natural all I want my all I want for my children is for them to succeed, and I will do whatever, whenever, wherever to help them. Mm. I'll pour into them. I'll lift them up. They can stand on my shoulders. I don't care. I just want to do it because I know that they're going to go further than I am. Right. That's the goal. Every generation, every generation, your girls are going to go further than you and Emily. Mm. They're going to do greater things than you and Emily their children are going to do greater than them. Right. Because from generation to generation of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Amen. So we get the opportunity to believe for every generation to get better and better. Hmm. If we stay in line, like your, your, your verse in John 15, if we stay attached to the vine, yeah. and if we let him do the things that need to happen, we will not see the end of increase, growth, and everything that God desires in our lives. Beautiful. I love that. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, walking together, relationship, caring for one another, building one another up, praying for one another, believing for one another, giving it all for one another. Yeah. And for our, for our church, for everyone listening here, that should hopefully be the, become ever more so the dynamic in our, our three groups and in your community and the, uh, the dynamic that you should experience in your neighborhoods as you look out into the world to see 
um, who's out there and who you can invest in and who you can become uh, a father for. Or maybe even as you look out, you may find that someone may become a father for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that culture of wanting to see other people go beyond. I would love to get better and better and better at that for the sake of our leaders um, so that our leaders can get better and better at that for your sake. Um, I think of, of, of Paul. He says, like, we do it all for their sake, mm-hmm. you know, um, and everything he goes through. It's for pushing forward the churches yeah. that he helped start and birth, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and hopefully if, if we're faithful with a little, then God might steward to us much, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and we might see just crazy things happen in oh, our neighborhoods. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it because... He's all about relationship. Mm-hmm. If, if the father and son, if Heavenly Father and his son had one, one second have been rebellious toward one another, we would not be able to be in the place we are right now. Mm. There would be no salvation. Right. So that's so powerful. Yeah. And so when we get that in our heart and we look at our, our friends and our neighbors, we want to pour in life. That's what fathers do. That's what sons do back with fathers. We pour in life and it becomes a reciprocal uh, relationship where it's not just the father. Like when your kids are really small, <laughs> it's just the father. Now, they, they right. give you a hug, they, but they you can't gotta, really you do much. You've got to teach them to do that too. Yeah, yeah. And they don't do much else. Yeah. You know, you have to feed them. You have to do all this. But as they grow, mm. they can express more. And then, like myself, I have... Uh, son-in-law and two sons that now are adults. So they don't need me. (laughs) But they still, my sons call me. They still ask for my thoughts. Mm. I don't give any advice unless I'm asked now. Right. Whereas before, you'd give them a lot of advice. (laughs) But now, unless they ask, because there's a maturing in relationship. Right. With fathers and sons. Right. Let's talk about that dynamic there real quick. Uh, in, in the city, this, this probably happens here too in Huntsville, Muskoka area. Um, but in the city, it's certainly the case that there's this strong sense of like, I need to be independent. Mm. I can, I need to make it oftentimes make it on my own, Yeah. you know? Um, and like when people hear my story, leaving home at uh, 17 and like not talking to my parents for about five years and really having to like find a job, find an apartment, find everything with nothing. Um, they were like, wow, you really made it on your own, you know, and people are proud of me for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I look now, I look back on my story and I'm like, oh man, like that was actually, life could have been way better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure God formed me through that. I'm sure God, you know, is certainly using that. Um, but for a city of millions of people who really feel like they have to do it on their own, like what's a word for, for dealing with that in our culture? Yeah, that's an independent spirit. Mm-hmm. Independent from God, independent from everyone. And so in that, what that creates is isolation. Right. Isolation breeds uh, a lot of probably depression, mm. anxiety, a lack of peace. 
And when we get into good, godly relationship, I know I'm not talking about negative, destructive relationships at all. I'm talking about good, godly relationships. Then they're the things that build us. Mm -hmm. They grow us. Iron sharpens iron. And you can go through the one another's, you can go through scripture, all kinds of scripture on good, healthy relationships. Romans chapter 12, whole bunch in there. So there's so much that we mm -hmm. can do when it comes to relationship, but we, we, we must never get to a place where we isolate because of our independence. Right. That's the orphan spirit that we don't have time to talk about today. <laughs> and yeah. we're, we have the orphan heart all across this nation. Yeah. Independent. I can do it on myself, on my own, but yet we're dying. Yeah. Why? Right. Right. Yeah. We lift that up with such a point of pride. And again, our conversation today is mm -hmm. hopefully starting to show. And this is just a crack in, to, to go just through the door. Crack. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that there's a different way. Mm -hmm. And so maybe if you are anxious or if you are depressed or uh, very insecure in a lot of your relationships, um, that there's a solution mm -hmm. for that. Yes. And that starts with relationship with the father. And that starts with changing the dynamic of the current uh, relationships we have with each other mm -hmm. um, to be more of that uh, affirming, affectionate, and approving, um, have that voice amongst each other. Mm -hmm. um, okay, one last, uh, one last question before we close up our time. Uh, and we, we touched on this briefly uh, the last time we spoke, but if someone was really looking to invest in spiritual sons, and so we might uh, translate this at Trinity Life by saying, like, if you want to become a disciple maker, right? If you're looking out into the city to reach the city, where might you start with that? How should how should I get started? You know, because that seems big. Yeah. And and we don't have. We probably feel like we don't have enough to be able to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. So where where should we start? Be available. Mm. Be obedient. Wow. Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> Just be obedient and available. And who God brings in your life are the people you invest in. Wow. So start with what's right in front of you. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm also hearing too in there, and this may be a word for us, is um, let's not be busy. Mm -hmm. Let's have bandwidth. Is that? Yeah. And space, right. space for those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, well, in, in the city, it's probably a very busy culture. Mm -hmm. It's here as well, but not as much. But busyness is a yoke that can strangle us mm -hmm. because it doesn't allow us time to be who God's created us to be. So yeah. we want to take that time and be available and obedient. And what's in your hand right now? Yeah. What is God giving you right now? Yeah. And if you say, well, well there's nothing. Well, that's not God, so I don't believe you. <laughs> He's given you something. Yeah. We have to open our eyes and look at it and see. Amazing. Well, guys, that's, that's a good word for us today. That's a good launch pad. Let's keep this discussion going in our R3s. I know at my house, we're going to gather for a meal and then we're going to break up into smaller groups and dive deeper into this stuff and uh, and really try to lift each other up and push each other forward into that. Um, Randy, as our groups go out into that kind of a time together, would you bless us? Would you pray for us? Yes, sure. Thank you. Yeah.
So Father, we thank you again for your great, great mercy and grace today. And when I think of, of all those that are at Trinity Life and watching today, I ask you that you would so take them into a deep, deep time where you will give them that approval. You will give them that affirmation and that affection would be released on them. I pray, Father, at night as they lay their head in the pillow, they would hear, mm. I affirm you. Mm. I love you. As they wake up in the morning, they would hear again, I love you. I affirm you. Mm. I approve of you. That throughout the day, they would hear the Father's whisper in their spirit that they are approved, that they are loved. And I bless them today as they go into their next journey, their next lesson. I pray that you would just overshadow everything that's done, everything that's said in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.